unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, and welcome to the Kern County Real Estate Review on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're proud to bring you the most trusted real estate advice and insights with the one and only Lori McCarty. As Kern County's most listened to realtor, Lori McCarty has been successfully selling real estate for over three decades, helping over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. With her vast experience and knowledge, Lori is consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide. But Lori doesn't work alone. She heads up the McCarty Group, a team of dedicated professionals who are well known for their knowledge, professionalism, and unwavering commitment to their clients. Whether you're buying or selling, the McCarty Group is your partner for a smooth and stress-free experience. As one of the most successful real estate teams in Kern County, the McCarty Group has helped countless families achieve their real estate goals. Whether you're looking to buy or sell, you can trust the McCarty Group to provide you with expert guidance and personalized attention every step of the way. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, look no further than the McCarty Group. With their unparalleled knowledge and expertise, they can help you get the most value for your investment. To learn more, visit them online at themccartygroup.com or call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653 to speak with one of their team members today. And a good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I am doing excellent. Excellent. Halloween's almost here as we know, and I'm looking forward to my son getting a bunch of candy. Of course you are, because you're going to raid this little pumpkin, aren't you? He, yes. The, I'm an Almond Joy guy. He doesn't like Almond Joys. It's, it works out perfect. What is wrong with him? I don't, I, I'm not going to say anything, because okay. I'll keep taking those Almond Joys. Absolutely. <laughs> almond Joys are the best. I love them. Love them. And how are you doing? How's your morning going so far? Oh, you know, so far so good with Halloween right around the corner. I've been feeling really festive. You know, after the show, I'm on a mission to snag some pumpkins to give my front porch a really delightful makeover. And of course, I've got to go stock up on candy for those trick-or-treaters who will be haunting our doorstep soon. Although I have to admit, we don't really get as many of them as we used to. We're left with tons of leftover candy and resisting the temptation to indulge is a real challenge so maybe i'll bring them here to you or maybe i'll just get candy i'm not so fond of to help me resist the temptation i don't know what do you think (laughs) not stock up on uh, almond joys right (laughs) um so uh what do you have brewing in your cauldron this weekend any fun halloween parties or trunk or treats on your calendar there is a lot going on yes yes and yes Yes, Halloween parties and trunk or treats. They don't stop. There's a ton of them, and uh, my son and I are going to hit every single one. Of course you are. <laughs> Sounds like a festive weekend ahead. Yes, definitely. And I do see we have a guest in the studio today. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with, and what are we chatting about this morning? Well, today we have a topic that's bound to give every homeowner, every realtor, and every listener the creeps. Mold. Yes, that dreaded four-letter word that sends shivers down our spines. And what better time to delve into this spine-chilling subject than the weekend right before Halloween? 
I'm thrilled to welcome Kern County's top mold expert to the show this morning, none other than Richard Freeborn. He's often referred to as that mold guy. And if you've got mold suspicions, he's the one you want to call. Think of him as our very own Ghostbuster, but for all things mold-related. Now, before I bring Richard to the mic, I want to talk to you about an article I read in our local newspaper and that Terry Maxwell discussed the week I was on the air with him talking about housing before the home show. And that is the steps that the city council has taken towards addressing the rising challenge of homelessness and soaring home values by approving the creation of the Bakersfield Community Land Trust. Now, the goal of this move which was sanctioned in a 3-1 vote on October 11th, aims to promote affordable housing in the city. So the concept behind the Community Land Trust is to function as a nonprofit landlord, which would ensure perpetual affordability for homeowners and renters. It challenges the notion that traditional avenues to affordable housing aren't adequate to meet state-mandated housing needs, and support vulnerable populations. The primary way community land trusts secure non-stop affordability is to separate ownership of the land from the buildings atop the land. Now, the community land trust takes title to the land and issues a land lease back to the owner of the buildings. So, unlike conventional affordable housing, the trust owns the land and remains the primary investor, even after property occupants change. Now, buyers are granted a 99-year lease, and if they decide to move, they sell the property to the trust. This innovative approach, which traces its origins to the civil rights movement, has quietly spread to 315 communities nationwide, experiencing significant growth in recent years. Now, California alone boasts about 34 community land trusts overseeing approximately 1,500 housing units. Bakersfield has now joined this emerging movement, though it is in its infancy stages and it's going to require further development and community involvement. Now, the theory behind community land trusts is that they adapt to their community's unique needs. They serve various purposes, such as providing workforce housing, protecting local businesses, or offering affordable housing solutions. In Bakersfield, with consistently unmet housing quotas, this approach could be a valuable tool to bridge the housing gap. The city's proximity to surplus land, especially in neighborhoods east of Highway 99, provides ample opportunities for the trust to acquire properties, which is significant considering the continuous rise in housing costs. A recent Zillow study indicated that Bakersfield's home values have doubled since 2015, which is pretty amazing. And a survey noted a 5% increase in rental costs in 2023 alone. So this affordability crisis has led to many Californians being priced out of the homeownership market. The trust's approval coincides with Bakersfield's struggle to meet its housing quotas as outlined in its regional housing needs allocation. 
So the city needs to build 37,461 units by 2031, including 2,277 low-income affordable housing units. And although progress has been made with the highest number of permits approved in 2021 in a decade, there is still a pressing need for affordable housing developers to step in. Funding remains a significant challenge for community land trusts, relying on grants from various sources, fundraising efforts, and donations. While there is growing support and interest in the community land trust movement, it is still necessary to secure adequate funding for property acquisitions. So looking ahead, Bakersfield Land Trust seeks to secure $8 million in federal funding through the American Rescue Plan Act. Now, approval for this funding is going to require a city council vote, and many details are yet to be worked out among the board of directors. The Bakersfield Community Land Trust does hold potential promise as an innovative approach to address affordable housing challenges and to improve the quality of life for residents, but we'll just have to see. All right, so now it's time for us to get to the fun stuff. Let's bring Richard to the mic. Good morning, Richard. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing good. I'm so glad to hear that. So help our audience get to know you and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was actually uh, raised on a farm out in Button Willow. Wonderful. So I've got agricultural roots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Done many things in my life uh, in contracting, from landscape contracting to building contracting. And, and now in my old age, the last 20-some years, I've been doing mold investigations. And I added to that recently, 10 years ago, lead and asbestos as well. Okay. So how did you get interested in the mold industry, and and how did you become known as that mold guy? Well, I just felt that it was something that I could do as I got older, mm-hmm. and when you get older, you you get more restricted in what you can do physically. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Don't I, thought, I know that? <laughs> I, I thought it was uh, an easy choice for me to do, and, and it, it, you know, like plants and agriculture it, it has its uh, background and in, in, in that um, fungi is uh, or mold mm-hmm. is uh, part of uh, the plant kingdom and it's just something I uh, I enjoy something that you had an affinity for there you go that's, that you that's were, the best way to say it that you were drawn to I was and and it's physically not challenging really Okay. Other than crawling around in attics sometimes. And it, it didn't give you the, the creepy crawlies? No, never. No. Okay. We we had mold in our, our farmhouse. Oh. We we just didn't know that you shouldn't do that. <laughs> you shouldn't get near it, shouldn't touch it, right? Right. <laughs> well that's a great introduction, Richard. Uh, looking at the clock, I think it's time for a short break. When we return, I want to ask you about what exactly is mold, some of our common misconceptions, and then what homeowners need to be doing to prevent it from popping up in their home. Sound like a plan? Sounds good. Great. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment after this short break. 
You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Request an in-person tour. Find out the value of your home and see the McCarty Group's success stories. Ranked number eight in North America for Coldwell Banker last year and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Sebastian Gorka here with a hot real estate tip for you. Stay on top of the hottest trends every weekend when you tune in to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty. Saturdays at 11 a.m. and Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR. 1560 a.m. and 97.7 FM. back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com. So Richard, before we dive into the specifics of mold and mold remediation, could you give our listeners a brief overview of what mold is and why it can be a big concern and then what your role as a mold remediator uh, entails. I, I believe that mold was created to <clears throat> assist in the de- decomposition of leaves and limbs. Uh, if not, we would be miles deep in leaves and limbs. We couldn't even get around. I hadn't uh, thought about it that way, but a, you're absolutely right. Yes. <clears throat> so mold is really a natural part of our environment. Okay. Mold spores, which are invisible, Mm -hmm. are everywhere. The president's breathing mold spores. The pope is breathing mold spores. I'm breathing it right now. You are. Right. It's it's present everywhere. It's ubiquitous. Uh, We we eat mold. Uh, Soy sauce is made with mold. Cheeses are made with mold. Blue cheese, one of my favorites. Right. That's right. That blue. That bluish green. Uh, stuff in blue cheese is Roquefort, uh, mm-hmm. Penicillium Roqueforti, and we eat it. Some people just love it. My sister loves it. Mm-hmm. So uh, some meats are, are prepared with, uh, with mold. Okay. Sal- salami and, and uh, aged meats are prepared with mold. Uh, I don't think I realized <clears throat> that. Mushrooms. Ah, yes. Mushrooms are basidiospores. They're, mm-hmm. they're part of this fungi that's out there. The deal is we don't want this stuff growing in our houses. Okay. Whether on the surfaces or hidden, we don't want them growing. Okay. 
So I see my job as assisting people to, first of all, and most often, to relax. The sky is not falling. Okay. We just got to figure out where the mold is, if there is any at all, because some people overreact to mold or thinking that their problem, their health problem, is related to mold, when almost always it's not. Okay. So I spend a lot of time calming folks down, Mm -hmm. doing my investigation, uh, using whatever instruments that I have to, to try to find it. And oftentimes, I don't find it. Okay. Um, and, and isn't there a difference between, and a, and a confusion oftentimes, between mold and mildew? There, there, there is. Some people think that mildew is uh, just mildew, <laughs> almost like uh, saying a white lie. Uh-huh. A white lie is a lie. Right. Mildew is mold. Okay. So for someone to call something mildew, they're diminishing uh, its uh, potential to cause problems. Okay. So it's not like and, – and I probably am one of those. I probably think of mildew as baby mold, right? <laughs> That's probably in my head what yeah, I think of. But it's not really that. It, uh, mildew – has its own characteristics. It's whitish, grayish, sometimes light brownish, uh, flatter than um, mold growth, what we would normally view as mold glow growth, <clears throat> like penicillium or aspergillus or cladosporium, which are all raised and can come in many colors, from green, pink, yellow, all sorts of colors. So mildew is generally flatter, and we, we generally see it in our bathrooms. Right. And and so mildew is mold. It is. It's just maybe not that incredibly harmful mold that we tend to be afraid of. Is that accurate? That's not it's not exactly accurate and I I, I have to say that because for some people mm-hmm. even mildew can be a problem, can be allergenic. Okay. There are three different classes of mold allergenic, pathogenic, and toxigenic. Okay. So allergenic is pretty much like you think. Right. People get sniffles. They may get uh, uh, breakout, uh, <clears throat> not, not in hives, but uh, skin rashes and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pathogenic is generally f- uh, for people whose immune systems are severely compromised Okay. And and then many different kinds of molds can be pathways, pathogenic, okay. to uh, sickness in the, in their okay. bodies. And then toxigenic, and there are very few of these, uh, are molds that give off toxins, which is like a chemical uh-huh. <clears throat> that they shoot at their enemy. Now oh. these these molds don't have brains; they were just created that way, right? To eat each other. Okay. Literally eat each other. Okay. And they do that by shooting spores or toxins. Well, toxigenic molds, of which there may be 40 or so, mm-hmm. have toxins. And we rarely come, uh, they're out there, okay. but we're, we're, not, we're not often dealing with them. Can they, in addition to eating each other, do they also eat us? No, they don't, they don't 
eat you. <laughs> well, I mean, but they're, do they're they not, create? Do they shoot their toxins at us? They can if 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 uh, if you're dealing somehow with a toxigenic mold, mm-hmm. and you're trying to wipe it down. Right. It could be blowing toxins uh, in your face. Because you that's could, a defense mechanism that's right. for it, that's right? Exactly right. Yeah. Okay. And and so you could end up with mycotoxins in your body mm-hmm. that that if, by the way, toxigenic molds that have toxins affect everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not just people with their immune system compromised. Everybody. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, so let me ask you then: Are the allergenic or the pathogenic or the toxigenic molds more problematic than others in homes or in buildings? <clears throat> I'm not not sure exactly what you mean by that, but do we find them do we find one type or the other more commonly? Allergenic. Allergenic. Yeah. Okay. Be- because pathogenic, remember affects people with their immune system compromised, and okay. not everybody has their immune system compromised. Okay. But those folks need to be really careful anyway. Right, right. Because their immune system is compromised. Okay. So they're gonna be a little more conscious of mold mm-hmm. in general than, than those of us who just get allergies whenever we get around certain types of molds. Okay, now are there any common visible or hidden signs that people should be on the lookout for uh, to determine if they might have some type of mold that's present in their home or in their their building? Water damage, water staining on baseboards or sheetrock, musty smells, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. Prolonged leaks. If if you have a leak under your sink, and, and sometimes we're all kind of guilty of this, even the mold guy, me. <laughs> uh, I didn't look under my kitchen sink and didn't notice that I had a leak under there, and apparently had been going on for some time, and I ended up with severe water damage and quite a bit of mold under there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even smell it. Of course, I don't have a great smeller, but right. But my wife began to smell it, and uh-huh. there you go, so we found it. Yeah, it's amazing how just in the course of of your daily routine you know we don't always think to look under our sink on a regular basis no we just reach down there. we just reach down there and pick up this pick up that and then all of a sudden oh wait how did this occur right right that's when they call you um so once you determine that there has been some water damage and that there maybe is some mold present what type of testing do you do <clears throat> Believe it or not, if if I see mold, if okay. I see water damage, I'm I don't always recommend testing. Really? There, there would only be two reasons. Okay. Strong reasons. I mean, I do a lot of testing for folks, even though I t- tell them this. First reason is litigation. The second reason would be to know exactly which mold they're dealing with, because they have health problems. They have immune problem immune system problems and they need to know not just that it's aspergillus right but it's aspergillus fumigata the species the species of mold okay and or mycotoxins they have mycotoxins and they need to know which mycotoxins 
uh, excuse me, which molds are in there, which ones are producing the toxins, if, they're, if they are indeed. Okay. okay. But <clears throat> if, if you can't see any mold, but you smell a musty smell, mm-hmm. and I can't find it, there, there may be a very good reason then to test the house or the office. Okay. Um, and what about the possibility of false positives or false negatives? Does that occur often? <clears throat> Generally, that's, that's caused by the sampler not paying attention to uh, his equipment mm-hmm. or her equipment and, and or the conditions. Uh, what if the gardeners, we always have to take an outdoor baseline sample because we need to know what is normal in for the air. Because around. remember, mold spores are everywhere. Right. So we need to know what's normal outdoors. And if a gardener just got through mowing the lawn and is blowing off, <laughs> creating dust and right. full of mold spores, and I take a test near, near that, it's going to be overloaded with spores and it's going to throw off the results of the indoor sample. It may, it may, the indoor sample may have 10,000 spores per cubic meter, which is high, Okay, <clears throat> but we get 40,000 outdoors, so I'm going to say, well, that must be where the mold spores came from, when in fact it's, it's really a false negative okay. in that case. Makes sense. Um, so tell us, are there some specific types of mold uh, that are more dangerous than others. I I have to uh, I want to answer that carefully because for people with their immune system compromised, they have to look at every mold, no matter what the color, as being dangerous. Of course. So for some reason, and I know the reason, black mold has become the killer. Toxic is the word they use. Toxic, right. not toxigenic, but toxic mold. Uh, and it's it's a it's the wrong um, name given to black because a lot of molds are black or dark in color. Right, right. The hospitals test for green and white molds, penicillium and aspergillus type molds, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because some of them can be toxigenic. Okay. Whereas some of the darker colored molds, like Stachybotrys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's just take Stachybotrys as an example. That is a genus, and okay. under that genus, there are species. Well, one of those species, Stachybotrys charturum, is toxigenic. Okay. But there are 12, 15 others that are not. Okay. So just because it's Stachybotrys doesn't mean that it's affecting everybody. It's okay. only going to affect those who have an allergic Problem or, or sen- sensitivity. Or sensitivity. Sensitivity mm-hmm. is a better word, actually. Okay. Uh, to to that particular mold. So you can't go by color. If you have mold growth in your house, we got to get rid of it. To me, it doesn't matter what the name is, right? Or even what color it is. We just need to get rid of it. Well, because I would assume, and I know my dad used to give me a hard time when I used that word, but I would think that exposure over any long period of time to any type of mold or fungus would increase your sensitivity to it, therefore making it... Or could. Or could make you more sensitive to it. That's exactly right. Is that right? Yeah. Clotosporium is the most common mold in all the world. Okay. But you could become sensitized to clotosporium. 
Okay. And it's out there. All these molds, Stachybotrys, mm-hmm. all these toxic molds, toxigenic mm-hmm. molds, they're out there. And they can, if they got in our house and they started growing, right. they, they could become a problem for us. And we may not even see them. May, they may be in a wall mm-hmm. from a leak from a faucet outdoors, and they're growing in our, inside our wall with no evidence on the inside. Right. Nothing on a sheetrock, nothing on a baseboard, only that leak mm-hmm. from a faucet outdoors or from sprinklers hitting a wall outdoors. Right. And you could have mold growth in your inside your house. And all of a sudden, you're experiencing some weird symptoms after a prolonged period of time, just like you pointed out. You become sensitized to whatever mold is growing there, and that becomes a problem. Exactly. Um all right, so um, question for you, and this is kind of out in left field, but um, I'm assuming that, that mold must play, as you mentioned in the beginning, um, a role in our environment, right, to help break down the leaves and debris, right? right? Um, so are there types of mold that are actually beneficial well, I'd have to go back to, uh, they're all beneficial. If they're here, they're beneficial. In some way, shape, or form. That's right. right. We, we, we may Just not, maybe not to us humans, we, right? <laughs> we may not totally understand it, but I, I always go back to that we eat molds. Right, so, right. Okay. So, I mean, basidiospores, mushrooms, who doesn't love mushrooms? Of all sorts and varieties. And there's right. some, we have mushroom soup and all sorts of things, so... Um, cheeses. Yeah. Who doesn't love cheese? Yeah. I, well, you, we mentioned blue cheese earlier, and I'm a huge fan, so I, I love to eat mold, I guess. Um, you know, this has been a great amount of wonderful information, and I do still have a lot more questions for you, so I hope you can stick around. Um, but I do think this is a great place for us to take a short break, if you don't mind. Um, before we do, Tell our listeners how they can reach you if they suspect that they have a mold issue. Best way to reach me is by phone, 661-747-4248. Perfect. When we get back, I'm going to have questions for Richard about when mold becomes a problem and how it can be eliminated and some common misconceptions surrounding mold. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing.
You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM and 97.7 FM and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. And this morning, we're talking with Richard Freeborn about all things mold. And Richard, for those of our listeners that might have missed it, can you share your contact information with them again? Yeah, they can reach me at 661-747-4248. And that is That Mold Guy, for those of you who are wondering. So, Richard, can you share with us, is there such a thing as normal levels of mold that can be found in most homes? There is. If, if we measure what is outdoors, if we're talking about mold spores. right. We're talking about mold spores, and we measure what's outdoors. And let's say in totality of all the different genus, Mm -hmm. we come up with 2,000 spores per cubic meter. Okay. Like a yard cubed. And we come up with 1,500 spores per cubic meter indoors. As long as none of those individual genuses are out of whack. Okay. Then that would be considered normal fungal ecology okay great um and when they are out of whack then it's time to determine why is yeah, that we, correct we, we got to find out what the problem is and, where the and, source is. and oftentimes we don't do real i mean in-depth testing we, we're just trying to see if in general we have a problem somewhere mm-hmm. it may require us to go back in and do testing in each room and or to look harder to try to find where the problem is to see where you might have spikes it's 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 usually then that the homeowner finally tells me well we did have a leak (laughs) five years ago right because where there's water there's mold that's right the epa says if you haven't dried a substrate sheetrock let's say or Mm -hmm. wood out professionally not just let it dry out professionally within 48 hours you will have mold growth now that's in their booklet for schools the truth is mold germinates immediately right instantly but you can't see it for 48 hours because you don't see the growth okay with with the our human eye so but they they allow that 48 hours so you got to get somebody in there to dry it out professionally with heat exchangers and air movement. Mold does not like air movement, but you gotta extract that moisture with heat and air handlers, take it out of that substrate and put it somewhere like outdoors Mm -hmm. where it belongs. But you know, so many homeowners that I've talked to believe that bleach is an effective mold remediation solution. Bleach is is on the top 10 list of carcinogens. So if you want to 
if you want to breathe those fumes, mm-hmm. it's bad enough that we put it in our pools. Right. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to use bleach. Secondly, mold reacts by shooting those spores and toxins. So if you're going to use bleach, I think I'd wear a mask and goggles to try to keep the spores and toxins from being blown in my face as I'm wiping down the mold. And, and then what do you do? Once you've used the bleach, then what do you do? You've knocked the top of it off, and guess what bleach is made of? 99.3% water. So oh, you, so, so now you're just encouraging the you're growth. You're just irrigating it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you killed the top right. growth, and now you're irrigating the roots, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. So what are some common misconceptions or myths that um, you run across um, with mold? I mean, I think the bleach thing is one that I have come across. What are some other things that you come across? Well, I, I'd say probably second to that is is mildew. That mildew is different than mold, and therefore it's okay to have mildew. Okay, I, I'm the mold guy, and my wife has me wipe the shower down. And mm-hmm. but I'm 74 years old. I don't feel like wiping the shower <laughs> I don't down. Blame you. <laughs> and, and of course, that's going to encourage some mildew or mold grow to grow in my shower. Right. Uh, I would, I would encourage people to reduce the amount of humidity in their homes. Right. Because remember, mold or mildew does not like air movement. So we gotta, we got to keep the air fresh and below a humidity level of 60% because that's the optimum humidity level for mold growth. Well, that's why they put windows in bathrooms. That's why they have vents. That's why they have fans, but right? People, but people don't use them. Well, not only do they not use them, they're not big enough. Mm. They originally were put in, in, the, in the toilet area for a particular mm-hmm. reason, but right. they're not big enough. Right. If you're going to remove moisture, mm-hmm. humidity, mm-hmm. Uh, out of an environment, you can have a big fan and, you, and or a window. Okay. And or wipe things down. But okay. most of us don't want to do that. We're, it's either too cold or it's too hot or we're too tired or whatever the case may be. So we kind of live with lacing some moisture on our walls and ceilings and on our tile. And we get paid back because mold doesn't know you don't like them. <laughs> and so they, they grow. That's pretty cute. You're right. They have no clue that we we are not a fan. Right. Um, so let's talk about when it is time to to get rid of the mold. Okay. Um, when when should we call in a professional um, for remediation? Well, I I take the position that you should always call a professional. Okay. Too many times, um, I can remember years ago, a lady was determined to do her own remediation, and by golly, she did it. She ripped out her cabinets, and she finally brought me in after she was very sick. Oh, no. And showed me the pink mold 
behind her cabinet where her cabinetry was oh wow and i i thought to myself this place is contaminated the whole house the whole place was contaminated well it wasn't long after that she was in the hospital oh bless her calling me from the hospital saying what do i do well i said you have to get a professional in there to clean up your it was a condo Mm -hmm. clean up your condo and take over where you left off and you need to get well well because a a professional is going to isolate the area. That's right. They're going to also bag the uh, trash and debris that they're taking out of there so they're not going to spread the mold spores throughout the place. They're that's going right. to try to contain the area, correct? So, that's correct. So the guideline is called IICRCS520 for mold okay. and S500 for water mitigation. Okay. So in those, the heart of that guideline is containment. So you got to contain the area with six mil plastic, create a clean room okay. or a changing room mm-hmm. that you would go from the clean room into the area that you're going to work in. Right. And inside that uh, work area is going to be a HEPA filtration system that is vented the clean air vented to the outdoors so that that room is under negative pressure. Okay. Very important. HEPA will clean out 99.97% down to three microns. Wow. Which which are small. That's the penicillium aspergillus type molds. Okay. The larger molds, we talked about stachybotrys earlier, that's that's 10 compared to the two or three. that penicillin aspergillus is so it, it collects all those in these filters right and and that prevents cross contamination into the rest of the house it's absolutely imperative that that be done and okay. that that no remediation be done without containment and negatively pressurized hepa filtration okay so that br- leads me to another question you know, I know that in our air conditioning systems, um, sometimes they will have HEPA filtration there. What, does that help us in? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. The problem with HEPA in your air conditioning system is it has to be a HEPA bypass system or it will kill your HVAC system. It can't be full HEPA. Right. It can only be like 25%, but it eventually cleans all the air in your house. It's it's the perfect system to okay. have. Very expensive to, mm-hmm. to have installed. Um, and, and there are other systems, uh, systems that I don't, don't like as much as HEPA. Okay. Um, <clears throat> some people use uh, these little systems that they find in, in the stores uh, and, and put one or two around the house or one in every room even. Mm-hmm. Um, to help clean the air, and it does it does do some good. Okay, but, but the best always is HEPA. Okay, great. So along that vein, are there any other practical tips that homeowners could follow to help prevent mold growth in their homes? Key is reacting to water leakage. Okay, reacting to humidity caused by showering and cooking. Okay. If you live in a home where there are several families or a large family, s- some homes are constantly cooking. 
Right. And and if they're not cooking, they're showering, and mm-hmm. so they're putting humidity into the house. So you got to vacate that humidity. You got to find a way in the heart to open the doors, open the windows, and get rid of that humidity, so that you have nice fresh air, non-humid air. Right. To Try to disperse that throughout the home or disperse that outside. Get that moisture um, off. Get the that walls. moisture off the walls. Okay. Um, I'm also thinking, um, does it make sense to maybe on a regular basis as we change our air filters for our air conditioning system, maybe we need to start looking underneath our sinks once a month at a minimum um, to try to make sure sure we don't have any leaks underneath there. Because I'm every bit as guilty. We just discovered a leak underneath our kitchen sink as well. Um, And fortunately, it hadn't gotten big, but, you know, there again. It, it could, if we hadn't discovered it, it could have led to mold. Yep. Um, and I'm sure there is some mold there, but it just hasn't gotten to be a could huge, be under the lower shelf, right? We don't, it just we don't hasn't know. gotten to be a big issue at this One point. One other thing that could be should be done okay. more often than we do it is to have our ducting, our air, our HVAC oh. ducting, and our our uh, our coils mm-hmm. cleaned. Okay, because remember those coils are pulling moisture out of that heated air. Hot air holds more moisture than cold air. Mm -hmm. So when that hot air hits those cold coils, guess what? The moisture condenses right there on the coil, and it drips down to the pan, and the pan carries the water out of the house. Well, you can get mold growth right on those coils. And so you, you should get those, you should have your system cleaned, I would say, at least every five years. Okay. At least. And... The majority of homeowners probably have never cleaned their ducting and coils. No, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think that that is uh, something that people put on the back burner if they ever do it. They don't even think about it. Mm -mm. They don't realize what the function of those coils are. Right. Extracting the heated moisture out of the breathing envelope. And to do that, that moisture goes somewhere. Well, it goes on the coils. And because mold spores are everywhere, you get mold growth right on those coils. So yep. you, you could be breathing, every time you flip the switch, you could be breathing uh, mold spores. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, let me ask you this. Um, when it comes to mold remediation, are there any specific licensing or certification requirements that it, professionals in your field need to meet? There's no state licensing for mold. It's really all handled by organizations like IICRC I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And they've produced uh, this guideline, S520 and S500, that all these mold remediators use. And and they have uh, certifications for these guys. Okay. Uh, I also have a certification through ACAC. It's a council or board certification for doing investigations of all sorts, uh, from volatile organic compounds, chemicals, to mold, to whatever is infecting the indoor environment. I do have state licensing for lead and asbestos because that's required. Okay. The state does not require licensing for mold. Okay. All right. 
Um, so how can homeowners ensure that they're hiring someone who's qualified and licensed um, or qualified and certified um, in mold remediation? Have the remediator give them their certifications okay. and check with the certifying body to see if they're if current. They're current. If they're current. Okay, perfect. Adelaide, I see you over there <laughs> raising your hands, and I've got some questions. Yeah, you know, um, this is a lot of great information, too, because it's a lot of stuff I never thought about, and I, too, will raise my hand mm-hmm. for those that have not checked under the sink because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't do it. I no, don't do it. we just don't think about it. Yeah, and one thing because I was thinking about that too, and you kind of touched on this. I know when we're in a break, the water you have to have water for mold, right? Without water, there's no mold. Is well, that, mm. that that's not necessarily true? Um, but the, the the molds that we're generally dealing with require moisture, but there are molds that don't require moisture. And and by the way, there are there is mold on the north and south pole. Hmm. It's humidity that is the key, and. There's humidity there, just like there's humidity here. Okay, I'm just thinking my 12-year-old's trying to get out of taking a bath, is what I'm thinking. (laughs) No moisture. (laughs) Does that mean that humidity causes the mold to grow faster? Yes, absolutely. Okay, Mm. so in less humid places, uh, while there still is mold, it may not grow quite as fast. Would that be an accurate statement? you're, you're going to have more mold growth opportunity in the southeast okay. part of the United States than, than you would here. Okay. Our, our issues are generally not humidity. Our humidity tends to stay below 30%. Mm-hmm. But in the southeast, they can get 60 to 90-some percent. Right. And, and that'll sustain mold growth. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, the key is to get rid of the humidity somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then I was thinking too. Just I get allergies, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I know those symptoms. Welcome to Bakersfield, well, right? right? <laughs> yes. And, but then I'm thinking, uh, what were the symptoms? If I have a mold issue in my home, are there symptoms that I can just be like, that's mold? Yeah. It's, there. There isn't really. It's another one of those misnomers. Huh. Uh, it. People. People will get allergies, or they'll get. Uh, bronchitis or they'll start feeling pressure in their lungs and they immediately think of mold when we're breathing tons of dust and carbon Mm. here in Bakersfield and like I say I spend most of my time calming people down helping them to see that they're probably not dying of mold but let us let us look into it and find out because every one of the symptoms that you see if you google mold in general and you start doing your investigations all, all those allergic reactions can come from all sorts of different areas absolutely agriculturally mm-hmm. have you seen the the dust in the air out here <laughs> oh, towards yeah. shafter and wasco my <laughs> goodness it's like a bomb exploded mm, makes for great sunsets yes other than that so and then uh, another thing i was thinking about and we made this mistake when i was younger carpet in the bathroom oh yes <laughs> that's a big mistake that's a big yeah because because i remember we ended up pulling it out after two months it was just like okay this mistake and and this is to go back to the real estate thing though when you do your your inspection on a home and there's even a sign of some kind of mold get Lori, can that hold up putting it down for sale well generally your inspection is done um, once you are 
under contract. Um, we're not seeing a tremendous amount of pre-listing inspections right now. Mm, okay. um, but it can hold up the closing of an escrow because generally um, if there is something like a mold issue that comes up, um, the buyer is generally going to want that to be corrected before they close escrow. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you want that taken care of. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that needs to be addressed, but it's not end-all, be-all well, to a here, deal. Well, here's the, the reality, it, in my opinion, um, and that's all it is, is my opinion. Um, mold is mold is a scary word um, for most buyers, sellers, and realtors. Um, and yet, I have found that nine times out of ten, it can be remediated fairly easily. Um, now, I as we are nearing the end of the show, I am going to ask Richard for particularly since it's Halloween and, you know, in the spirit of all things eerie, um, I thought it would be fitting to ask him if he had a bone-chilling story about, you know, the worst mold example that he had. Um, But I think that for the most part, um, except for those who are very sensitive to the allergens associated with mold um, that removing the sheetrock and um, removing the fungal infection and encapsulating and treating the wood members um, takes care of the the issue am I no, you're, no, you're absolutely correct. It's really as simple as that. Don't paint over oh, gosh, the sheetrock. No. <laughs> Don't paint over the baseboard. Don't paint over the ceiling. Mm-mm. Cut it out. Right. But do it. Have it done professionally because just picture yourself as a homeowner cutting out the ceiling and that piece falling on you. And right. on the other side of it, there is some mold. Right. Maybe there's more than than we thought there would be. And mm-hmm. so now we're breathing all these spores and... Next thing you know, you're in the hospital. Yeah, mm. it's, I mean, it. that's not to say that sometimes it's not costly to correct, yeah. but... The, um, most, the most common uh, mold that I see in homes is usually in bathrooms, mm-hmm. near the shower, ingress, egress, mm-hmm. and or around the toilet and the, along the baseboards. And yes, it's not cheap to to get this addressed but it's the best way to do it Mm. and if i were asked are those molds that are behind there and and keep in mind you're probably talking about two inches square of mold are are they dangerous well if i were being uh, uh, asked under with an attorney i'd have to say possibly maybe I really don't know. I don't know who's living there or who's going to be living there or who's going to be living there 10 years from now. The best thing you can do is just cut it out professionally, get rid of it, redo it, and go on with your life. Because Mm. if you eliminate it from the space... It's gone. It's gone. Mm. And if you eliminate the conditions that created it, it's not coming back. Okay? Exactly. You know, that's... That's the reality. 
if if there's a leak that caused it, fix the leak. Now you have solved the problem. Um, so, you know, that's that's how I look at it. But I'm very pragmatic about these sorts of issues. Um, I I guess I've seen enough of this sort of thing that. Um, you know, I've seen an entire house that has had mold um, four feet high um, throughout the entire living room, dining room, kitchen, where it's all had to be gutted. Um, new cabinets, new flooring, new sheetrock, new everything. Um, Me too. Okay. <laughs> um, In fact, I've seen a, a case where a person bought this brand new house and then went to Europe, mm-hmm. was gone for three or four months. Right. When they came back, they had penicillium or aspergillus-type molds in every cabinet. Oh, gosh. Because they trapped some moisture, humidity, in the house, closed the house up, mm-hmm. didn't run the AC unit. Oh, wow. And bingo. They yep. ended up with some nice light green growth in right. most of the cabinets. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, Lori, too, um, Tony Lee's lunch in the fridge. Uh-huh. There's some samples of mold in there. Maybe we should, <laughs> you could check those out because I've seen some mysterious stuff in our work fridge. That's great. So, Richard, is there anything else you would like us to know? Not really. I, I, the key is if you've got a leak, fix it. If you've got water damage, have it professionally cut out and addressed. It's that simple. Typically, most people are not dying of mold. Perfect. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day today to be with us this morning. I've certainly learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners did too. Before we let you go, please tell our listeners one more time how they can reach you. You can reach me at 661-747-4248. Perfect. As always, a heartfelt thanks to each of you for tuning in today and for tuning in each and every week. Today, we've introduced you to that mold guy, Richard Freeborn. Be sure and tune in again next Saturday at 11 a.m. when we'll have another fun and exciting topic. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again then. As a quick reminder, you can revisit the details of today's topic or encourage someone who'd benefit from today's information by tuning in to an encore presentation of the show each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. here on KNZR, just before Sean Hannity. Or you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts by searching the Kern County Real Estate Review. Or, of course, you can listen to them on our website at themccartygroup.com. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a blessed day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 97.7 FM, 1560 AM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week.